0: Welcome, Gats. Uh, it's funny that we we talk about Christmas as like a crazy time of year, busy season, uh, um, silly season. All of um, all that we try and fit in. I'm so Duncan is a, a man of many uh, social circles, as you might know. He's also a man of seven hours overtime last night, finished work at 9.30 this morning. Um, So uh, is potentially on his way home to sleep right now. Um, But being a man of many social circles means like every social circle has a end of year gathering, right? Everyone has a Christmas function. And I'm like, why don't we do these things like other times of the year? Let's have a not Christmas work gathering. Like, it just seems like everything is on So we, like, sometimes you've got two things the same night. You're going from one to the other. Um, but, uh, he, you know, Duncan being the um, uh, social kind of person that he is is quite okay with that. Um, I'm sure those that babysit our kids are potentially not as much. Um, <laughs> the, the inevitable, uh, you know, call just about every week. Um, is anyone available on Friday nights? Um, But it's is—it's one of those times of year that things just seem to get busy. And it's amazing how our world kind of has shaped us to do anything but what the Word of God tells us to do. Um, Even our celebration of Christmas has literally become the antithesis of what Advent is supposed to be. And it got me kind of thinking about what the whole idea of Advent even... Is about and I've always looked at it as kind of talking and I used to find the scriptures and the things that are usually shared around Advent really difficult because it's not actually talking about Christmas yet but we want to talk about Christmas we want to talk about December 25th you know, we want to talk about you know the uh, the birth and and you know it may be, maybe we might start around like Mary's pregnancy You know, that's kind of where we want to start with the Christmas story. Um, But I love the wisdom uh, of the church, you know, um, generations, many generations before us, recognize something that maybe we miss in our chaos of Christmas, um, that we're very much not ready yet to receive the message of Jesus that Advent is actually about preparing a way, making a way, making space in our lives to actually recognize what it is that is happening, what it is that we're celebrating, what it is that God is doing when he is made present with us, Emmanuel. We are so unprepared to receive that. We're so unprepared to receive the good news. And I love the wisdom of taking time every year to ask ourselves, are we prepared to receive the good news of Jesus? Are we preparing to make space in our lives for what Jesus is doing in us, through us, and in the world? Are we prepared to make space? Have we prepared a way? And that's what Advent is for. I'm gonna share from Malachi three, verse one to four, then Luke verse one. Uh, Luke chapter one verse sixty eight and then Luke chapter three basically let the Bible preach itself this morning. Malachi chapter 3. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire and like the fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord in the days of old as in former years. I'm sending my messenger to prepare the way. Keep that in mind as we read Luke chapter 1. From verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us from the house of his servant David. He has... Uh, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets of old, as we just read, that, he, uh, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, and he has remembered his covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant to us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might Uh, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days and you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord and prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins by the tender mercy of our God the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. I could just read that last line and maybe um, maybe that's just been the year that I've had, but to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet to the way of peace. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn of from on high will break upon us there's a promise there's a promise reflecting on generations upon generations of prophetic promise that was given to the people of God that he was sending hope into the world that he was going to prepare a way And so he sends John the Baptist to prepare the way. And so we see the story unfold as the people are being prepared. We open up our gospel stories and often our Christmas books and our Christmas narrative. When we uh, sometimes, when we preach that uh, story, we will start with John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness. Preparing a way. The question we have to ask ourselves this morning and for the rest of this month, preparing for Christmas as we celebrate, as we gather family, as we do all of the things that we believe that Jesus has Actually given us a mandate to do you know we don't just do those things because they're fun or enjoyable and I think I think if uh, if people in their workplaces and in their homes and in their extended families coming together and finding a time of joy was the main thing that came out of our celebration of Christmas, then it's starting to reflect what the intention of Jesus' coming was all about so that we would be healed and restored, reconciled to God, that we could be reconciled to each other and be community. But first, we have to prepare a way in our lives. First, there is that making space in our lives to recognize God as he is revealed in the world? Do we take time in this season to recognize how God is made present in the world around us? We sometimes set aside time to come to church, although for all those that will come, an extra maybe one Sunday this is a busy month and a lot of us get caught up doing everything else. But will we take time to seek the presence of God and recognise how he is being made present among those around us to gather as his church, to spend time in worship, to open his word with our families at home? You might have seen the video I posted uh, I have um, an advent calendar, you know complete with the lollies expected you know because um, I feel like if you institute a um, a tradition that then takes away from the kids whatever they all their friends get to do, and in place of that you do the meaningful one they kind of resent the meaningful one no matter how meaningful it is because they missed out on the thing so. I'm like, okay, let's do the lollies, but let's make the the focus of this Advent thing actually what it's supposed to be about. And so I got this um, Advent calendar from the... uh, like I bought it from an online business, and it's 25 names that Jesus is called in the Bible, 25 names that are, are things that represent who He is. And so every day... We talk about what it might mean that the light of the world came into the world on Christmas Day or that the Redeemer came into the world on Christmas Day or the Prince of Peace came into the world on Christmas Day. What is it that it meant that the world was waiting for this thing? What is it in our lives that awaits the Prince of Peace? What is it in our life that needs a Redeemer? What is it In our families that needs the bread of life, the light of the world, what is it in our community that needs the one who says that he is the way, the truth, and the life? What is it in our church that requires the Son of God to be made present among us? That's what we ask. Through this time of Advent, sometimes it's hard to find the time to reflect on what those things are in our lives. Sometimes it's hard to find the time to actually ask God what He means for our lives, what He means what his presence in our life means for our situation, our family, what his presence in our life means for the way that we relate to those around us. And sometimes it's even harder to find time to recognize. Sometimes it's even harder to find time to see or to hear, or to allow God to prepare a way to make that space in our life to begin to be those things? Can we make space for the light of the world if it would reveal things to us? If we would see things maybe that make us uncomfortable? Are we able to make space for a redeemer in our life if it means facing things that are troubling to us or things that we maybe don't want redeemed because we don't want give to give up or we don't want to recognize that God needs to move in? Can we make space in our lives for the bread of life when we place our reliance on things that are not the Son of God, that are not who Jesus is, that are not, what God wants for us in our life. This is what it looks like to prepare a way for the coming of Jesus into the world and into our lives. Sometimes it's hard to hear. everywhere and everything that we think should speak to us about who God is. Just look at how Luke puts it in chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judah and Herod was ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Etruria, I have no idea, I'm going to call it that from now on. I have no idea. And another one that I also have no idea about. And Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, and. Uh, or, yeah, so during the high priesthood of Annas and Cephas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around Jordan proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. If you've ever been to Israel, Palestine, Jerusalem or Jordan, you'd know the borders actually where Jordan sits is fairly uh, fairly much far, a few hundred metres, the same as it always has been. And Jordan is not primary location. Jordan is not Jerusalem. It's not coastal. It's not, uh, I guess, um, it's not land where there is uh, a lot to be said for it. This is the wilderness. Jordan is basically out in the desert. And all that surrounds the desert. Well, we know what surrounds desert, usually more desert, more wilderness. Luke isn't just naming the time that this happened. Luke isn't just naming what is going on or just it's not. Arbitrary. This is a list for a reason. And what he's saying, and if you were to read it in a modern context, and maybe if someone were to write this gospel today, imagining, you know, Jesus was to come today, it might have read something like this: during the 50th year of the reign of uh, Queen Elizabeth, during the time when uh, Scott Morrison was Prime Minister of Australia and Trump was president of America, uh, during the time that this person was president of that area and that person was, you know, during the time of the high priesthood of uh, Pope Francis and uh, and maybe Brian Houston. uh, The word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. You see the absurdity of what Luke is saying, is here are all the people that you would have expected to hear the word of the Lord from. And the word of the Lord comes to John, who is the cousin of Jesus. And we know and frequently talk about Jesus' background. John would have been much the same. What he's saying is, during the time of all these people in power and position, the word of the Lord came to someone, anyone. A nobody, a voice crying in the wilderness. He went into the region around Jordan, proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That is a promise. That is the word of the God. That is the hope of the gospel. That is what we await, that all flesh shall see the salvation of God. All shall see salvation of God. Prepare a way. But sometimes it's hard to hear a voice crying out in the wilderness. Sometimes it sounds strange, like a dude dressed in camel hair, wearing, uh, eating locusts and honey. Sometimes it sounds like something that you don't expect. Sometimes it sounds like hearing from First Nations people who speak about what it looks like to put things back together in a way that looks like the path being made straight and the valleys being filled and the mountains being brought low. Sometimes it sounds like someone requiring of us to assess what it looks like to actually see justice done in our society. Sometimes it sounds like the voice of someone in our family who brings insight into the way that we're living in a way that we don't necessarily want to hear. Sometimes it's the voice of a child. I know there's something about that simple understanding of the gospel and the need to love one another that has challenged me, that's come from the smallest of my kids. Voice crying out in the wilderness isn't necessarily going to speak from a pulpit, it might not look like a leader in office, but it does look like Jesus. So much so that they actually asked John the Baptist, was he the one that was being sent? Because what he was saying reflected the things that made them see something that sounded like what the prophets had spoken. There was something in their spirit that recognised that hope that was rising in the words he was sharing that brought life. Started to shed light so much that they asked, Are you the one? He wasn't. He just spoke about Jesus. But they all had to encounter him for themselves. We can hear the voice crying in the wilderness, but we have a choice. We have a choice to set aside time and prepare way, prepare a way in our own lives. We have a choice as a church, if we will prepare a way, we have a choice in our homes this Christmas as all the craziness ensues, will we prepare a way? because some who heard the voice crying in the wilderness just thought he was a strange guy eating locusts and honey. Some people who see and hear what God is doing don't step in. It says then he was baptizing people. There was a point at which people made a decision whether they stepped into what God was doing. And we have that choice through this season of Advent as we come to the point of celebrating Christmas where we recognize God made present amongst us. Do we choose to step into what he's doing? Do we choose to hear the voice crying in the wilderness, to recognize Jesus for who he is and to step into what he's doing? you to know, ask the band to come before we can make a way before we can be part of doing that collectively before we can be part of making a way being the church that represents who he is Before we can do that, we have to recognize him for ourselves. We have to prepare space for him in our lives. We have to make a way for him in the situations that we're facing and step into what he's doing in us. We have to choose to step into what he's doing through us. So I want to offer an opportunity for us as a church to consider, each one of us to take a moment, if you haven't done so already this Christmas season or in this time of Advent, to consider what it is that God is asking of you. To hear the voices crying in the wilderness, whether it's a situation that's speaking, whether it's a word that someone's brought to you, whether it's something that you've heard, maybe it's scripture that you've read, Maybe it's just that drawing of the Spirit asking you to take time aside to recognize Him for who He is in your life. But with every eye closed, Ask God this morning. Maybe it's been a long time since you really asked anything of God. Sometimes there's things that stand in the way. But I trust that God who's drawing each of us to himself and desires that all flesh know the salvation of God. He makes those paths flat. He helps us to remove the things that stand in the way. Would you take time to hear the voice? To heed the voice. To welcome the spirit. And if you're comfortable and feel it's something that God is calling you to do, then to surrender those things. We can do that with our words. We can do it by lifting our hands in a sign of surrender. Sometimes we do by kneeling in a sign of surrender. Let us hear that voice. Let us recognize, even if it feels distant or like it's been too long, help us to recognize the way that you're preparing, that you would prepare away in us. We're just gonna sing a song of worship this morning. before we share communion and gather around a table together, let us be reconciled to God. So this morning, as you make space for that in your life, if and when you're ready, And I ask you to stand as a sign of making a way for him in your life, placing yourself on his path. we ask you to make a way in us as those surrendered to you, God. You would bring down anything in us that exalts itself above you, God, that anything that lacks, that is a void in our life, God, you will make level, God, you will rise up in us to do all that you've promised that we would receive the hope that is found in you. We share communion this morning. If you want someone to pray with you, I'll stay. And as you receive, feel free to come and ask for prayer. If there are more than one, another leader will join us. So, for those who are sharing communion, come forward and help us Jesus
1: yeah I think as as Pastor Torres so beautifully said today making space for God is um, an intentional thing that we do you decide to do it you make a decision to do it it doesn't just happen naturally if it did then things would be a lot different but we intentionally decide we sacrificially Make space, take other things out of our lives, out of our time, to make space for God. And we do that in a communal way. That's what communion is about. We do it together. Together. To commune with one another, to commune with God, to come around a table, to share. Community is sharing. Community is joining together. Doing things as individuals, but collectively as a whole. And as we come today around the communion table, as we come and we share together, I pray that the Spirit of God would instill within us that togetherness, that coming together, that being together and united with God first and foremost. That's the primary thing. And then together with one another. That sharing together, that common bond, that commonality that I'm giving of myself You're giving of yourself together. God gave everything. Amen. So church, this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love God and for those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have come for the very first time. You have tried to follow Jesus and you who have failed in following Jesus, and you who have just decided to follow Jesus for the first time, come. Let nothing keep you from love's feast. Let nothing empty this table of its power. Leave judgment behind and receive mercy. Leave indifference behind and recognize God's family. Leave now if nursery, go be a forgiver, and then hurry back because it is the Lord who invites you. It's God's will that those who desire Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit should encounter Him here. So come. Church, we're going to finish with our benediction. We've got a shorter version today. We're going to be using this a little bit and we'll retain the long version, but we've got a shorter one today. So um, read along. We've got it up on the screen this morning. Church, we come as we are, but we are sent out not the same. Sanctuary. He speaks over us a new name to bless and rebuild this city. So we go, broadcast good news to the poor, let the blind see, set free the oppressed, live jubilee. Let it be in His liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's kingdom of mercy. And all God's people said, Amen.